All houses wherein men have lived and died are haunted houses. Through the open doors, the harmless phantoms on their errands glide with feet that make no sound upon the floors. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Greetings, creeps, and welcome to my podcast, This House is Haunted. Over the next several weeks, I'll be sharing my personal experience of having spent two years in a haunted house as a child in eastern Kentucky. Due to the spooky nature of this podcast, I recommend you keep the youngins under 13 out of the room while I take you into a world filled with things that go bump in the night. Time moved quickly our first week in the house. I was enrolled in a local elementary school, which meant the Herculean task of making new friends, navigating new hallways, and figuring out what was edible and what wasn't in the school cafeteria had commenced. My family worked on unpacking and settling into the new house. Both of my parents were home full-time, my dad having suffered a terrible injury at the factory he once worked in in Indiana that resulted in his back being broken and requiring disability. My mother had been a stay-at-home with us full-time since my sister came along because childcare isn't cheap and it was more affordable for her to be home with us on our fixed income. The fact that my family had chosen this particular property was heavily influenced by the acres of land that included an orchard of pear and apple trees, as well as enough land for us to raise livestock. I don't think it's any secret that folks living on disability don't live a grandiose lifestyle, contrary to whatever Fox News has to say. Owning a farm was a critical way to supplement and offset the cost of food to feed our family. I was slowly beginning to explore more of the property, usually with my little sister in tow. I hadn't seen any shadow figures since the first day, nor had I heard any more screams, so the healing balm of time was making those experiences seem dreamlike and exaggerated. The human mind works overtime when it comes to rationalizing the things we fear, and if you add in being a child moving through a multitude of life changes and things get foggy real quick. I wouldn't say I was comfortable in the house, but I was distracted enough that I was able to not think about that first day until I got ready for my first day of school. Starting over again in a new state is never easy. Add in the fact that even at a young age, I had all the signs of an anxiety disorder, and it's positively daunting. I don't think I slept a wink the first night before I went to school, and I was awake and ready before my mom was up to fix breakfast and get me out of there for the day. It was a cold and quiet morning as I pondered over which set of unicorn embossed pencils to take with me. It was during this contemplation that I heard the scratching for the first time. I was sitting in the dining room, the only one in the family currently awake, as it was around 5.30 in the morning, when I heard something that sounded like a fingernail raking along the wall in the adjoining playroom. I jumped, startled from my reverie, dropping my pencils all over the floor. 
The sound stopped abruptly and I stood quickly, hoping to see if, if mom was up and making breakfast, but there was no light coming from the kitchen and the house was deafeningly quiet as I stood there, not sure what to make of what had just happened. The memory of that first day in the house came flooding back, along with all the fear and confusion. The playroom again. I could practically hear my sister saying, I don't like this room, as I stood there trying to figure out what to do next. I was alone in the dining room. It was dark outside and I'm hearing things again. My brother was still making fun of me over the scream I had heard that first night, and I wasn't keen on the idea of sharing anything else unless I was certain something was happening. I held my breath, listening for several seconds. With the sound gone, my mind was working to rationalize what had just happened. Maybe it was just my little sister rolling around in the bed next door. When I didn't hear anything, I carefully walked across the room to the door leading into the room I shared with my sister Molly, and I peered into the darkness. There was my little sister, cocooned in blankets in the middle of a full-size bed, sleeping the deep sleep of the very young. As I was looking in, the air seemed to get colder again. I shivered. <sighs> and back slowly into the dining room, fearful of taking my eyes away from the darkness until I was able to shut the bedroom door. No sense in waking her, since whatever I heard didn't seem to be bothering her. Just as the doorknob clicked in place, I heard the scratching again, but this time it seemed to be moving steadily along the wall connected to the playroom. My heart leapt and my breathing caught in my chest. I stopped moving, my hand still on the doorknob for the bedroom, and listened as the scratching seemed to move from one side of the wall to the other in a slow and deliberate sort of way. It sounded like someone with long fingernails was walking and scraping their finger along the wall absentmindedly as they paced. My sister and I did this sometimes with sticks against the siding of the house when we were restless and trying to figure out what we might do next. I thought about Wayne being in the back of the house and had the passing thought that it might be him playing a prank on me since he knew how spooked I was earlier in the week. My brother's room was in the back of the house just beyond the playroom so it'd be easy for him to make his way in there quietly while I was getting things ready for school. But that thought quickly extinguished as I recalled how difficult it was for Mama to get him going in the mornings. He always listened to loud music when getting ready for school and his wake-up time was still an hour away. My hand fell away from the doorknob I'd been holding since hearing the sound again and I took a tentative step backwards towards the kitchen. I could go through there, enter the living room, and then walk up the hallway to Mama and Daddy's room without disturbing my sister or turning back on the playroom door. I continued to back up, my breath jagged and goosebumps making the way across my entire body from the cold that just seemed to continue to intensify. As I made my slow progress with backing away, I saw movement out of the corner of my left eye. 
We hadn't gotten around to placing curtains or shades on the windows in there yet, as the dining room windows allowed in the least amount of sun due to the mountain looming beside us. There were no street lights or outdoor lights of any kind on at that time, so there simply wasn't anything to see. Until a misty, faintly glowing shape darted from the back of the house, past the window, and towards the front of the house. I was so startled I turned to run and tripped over a rug in the kitchen entrance that had gotten folded over, landing hard on my right knee. I gasped, clutching my knee with pain, making me bite my lip. There's one thing to be said about folks with anxiety. We never stop worrying, even when faced with pain. It was only a couple of seconds before I looked behind me to make sure some ghoul hadn't taken the opportunity to make a beeline out of the playroom to kick me while I was literally down. Thankfully, nothing was there, and I glanced around the kitchen, looking up to the small window just above the kitchen sink. At first glance, it too appeared empty, and I was relieved. I pushed myself up gingerly and was preparing to continue on through the house when I felt the pull to look at the window one more time. There are times when my ability to sense things is a blessing, and other days it's a curse. I think that moment definitely falls into the category of the latter, because I have a nightmare about it even now. To this day, I can only describe what I saw when it's daylight out, because I don't want to think about it when I have to face the night and the darkness. Looking at me back through the windows were the widest, darkest eyes I have ever seen. Maybe not eyes, but caverns where eyes should have been on a human face. It didn't look like the eyes were missing, but that they had been erased, leaving only empty space and a deep, daunting darkness. A taunt, almost skeletal outline of a face was pressed against the glass, a jaw hanging open as if in terror at its own reflection. Where teeth should have been, jagged, pointing fragments strained against the thin, tight lips, stretched tightly from cheek to cheek in the kind of smile that would have been comfortable on a jack-o'-lantern. The yawning mouth shifted side to side as if trying to formulate words but falling short. That was when a skeletal finger appeared next to the grim face and scratched down the window slowly mimicking the sound I had heard in the playroom. I couldn't help but scream, now no longer caring that everyone in the house was sleeping. I needed help. I needed someone to tell me this was a dream and that monsters weren't real. I kept screaming for what felt like hours, but I'm sure were just a few seconds. I never lost eye contact with the thing in the window as I screamed, not even daring to blink for fear of it suddenly appearing beside me in the room. The lights suddenly flipped on in the kitchen, both of my parents running in, eyes wide and frantic. As soon as the light was turned on, the thing in the window simply vanished. I stood staring still at the window, fearful that blinking my eyes would bring it back. Tina, 
What happened? Are you okay? What are you doing in here? My mom was on the floor beside me, pulling me into her chest. When I resisted so that I could continue looking out the window, she tilted my head with one finger under my chin towards her. Once my eyes were no longer fixated on the window, deep and guttural sobs erupted from me and I fell into her arms. I wrapped myself tightly around her shoulders, holding as if something would come and rip us apart. Daddy was scanning the room, looking for whatever had upset me, as Mama checked me for cuts or bruises that might explain my distress. By the time my tears had slowed, my sister and brother were standing in the hallway, eyes heavy with sleep and confusion. My parents, having looked me over a couple of times by now, had questions for me. Why are you in the hallway at 5.30 in the morning, honey? Did something happen? The window. I whispered fiercely, looking over my dad's shoulder to see if the specter who was just haunting me had returned. I could see only darkness. My dad walked over to the window and looked out for several seconds before turning back around. He checked the lock and also checked it for cracks or signs of danger, but found nothing. The window looks fine, Teeny. What happened with the window? He knelt down beside Mama and took my hand in his. There was something that looked kind of like a lady in the window. She was all pale, but she didn't have any eyes, and she was scratching the walls in the playroom while I got my pencils picked out for school today. And here my mother gently put her finger on my lips as if to silence me before my fear could run away with me again. Looked into my wide eyes and lifted the hand Daddy was holding to kiss both of ours. Bad dreams again, huh, honey? Before I could answer, she went on and said, did you say you were packing your pencils? I don't think school was very particular about the type of pencil you can use, honey. Did you get any sleep last night? I know you're excited about school, but if you don't sleep, sometimes your mind can play, I cut her off. Now, becoming upset for a whole new reason. My mind wasn't tricking me. I heard scratching in the walls, but no one was there. That's why I was going to come and get you and Daddy, but then I fell and saw that thing in the window. It was awful, Mama. It looked like someone had erased her eyes and she was grinning, but not in a happy way. At this moment, I realized that my little sister was still in the room as I heard her tiny footfalls on the linoleum as she rushed towards me and Mama. Mama, is there ghosts in our house? Scary window ghosts? Tears were starting to fall down her cherubic cheeks that were now almost as red as her hair. Mama pulled her in and cooed comfortly. My daddy was still kneeling and put his arms around all of us. Sissy was just sleepy, honey, that's all. Sometimes when we don't sleep good, we can see things or think things that aren't real. I started to protest that I was certainly not sleepy enough to dream up something that horrible. But Mama stopped me. Sissy must have been sleepwalking and had a dream where she saw all that. It's okay. Daddy checked the whole room and there wasn't anything to worry about, right, Daddy? My dad nodded and said, Not one tiny little thing, Vaughn. The house is all locked up tight and I didn't see anything at all. My sister looked at me as if to confirm this was true, but before I could answer, Mama said, Well, since we're all up, how about I make us some pancakes before school? 
Pancakes were my sister's kryptonite and usually reserved for special weekends, so this immediately got her attention. With homemade syrup? Mama smiled and said, I made some a couple of days ago. What was left of my sister's fear evaporated with the promise of her favorite meal, and she stood with Mama and walked towards the cupboards. My daddy, seeing that I was still both angry and scared, lifted me up and said, Teeny and I are going to go lay back down in the living room while you get that ready. He didn't wait for a reply and walked us through the kitchen and directly to the couch. He flipped on the TV and turned it up before sitting down with me. Once settled, he asked, How long had you been up when you heard that sound? I thought about it and said, Maybe five or ten minutes? I don't really know. I wasn't looking at the clock very much. Hmm, he muttered, scratching his beard as he pondered this. And you don't think it's possible you dozed off at the table and did a little sleepwalking? You did it a couple of times before we left Indiana, and it confused you pretty bad. I wanted to give a smart remark about knowing when I was awake and asleep. But thinking back... I realized that when I was sleepwalking, I woke up confused and in strange places. Like one time I was in my parents' bedroom closet. I guess I could have. But Daddy, that face, I've never dreamed of anything like that before. Your dreams were getting pretty rough before we left, Teeny. Like the one about Mama. I shuddered thinking of my mamma blowing away in that dream. It was cold, I was tired, and with my family awake, the fear that had been so palpable was transforming into confusion. I didn't know anymore. Grown-ups knew about stuff like this, and I was just a kid. Maybe they were right. Maybe I'd been sleepwalking. I sighed and leaned my head into my dad's chest. He hugged me and said, It's okay, Tina. We're all still getting used to. He motioned around the room. All of this. But I promise things will settle down and everything will be better. Want me to drive you to school this morning? School. I had almost completely forgotten I had to be at school in just over an hour. That seemed so small compared to what had already happened this morning. Having a day away from the house sounded like a good idea. I never heard of monsters or ghosts showing up at school, so I figured it would be better than staying at this house and risking another run-in. Yes, please, I said. But can you please check around outside the window when it gets to be daylight just to triple-check nothing was there? Daddy nodded solemnly and lifted his left hand. I swear. I smiled weakly and felt that was the end of the conversation about what I'd seen. As Daddy stood up to go and make himself a cup of coffee, he said, Oh, and Teeny, don't mention ghosts and monsters and stuff at school. You don't want kids getting the wrong idea. It can be hard enough to make friends in new places, and ghosts would only make it harder, so let's just forget about it, okay? Forget hollowed eyes. Forget that feigned grimace. Forget nails scratching the walls and windows. I knew I wouldn't be forgetting any of that anytime soon. But I got what he was saying about not talking about what I had seen. They hadn't wanted me to talk about my dream about Mamaw with her either. 
They said she might take it the wrong way and start worrying over nothing. It hadn't felt like nothing to me, but that was the last thing I wanted in the world was to upset my mamma while she was sick. So I'd stayed silent during my visits with her this week. I was learning that there were just some things you only talked about with family. Okay, Daddy. I won't talk to Sissy either. He seemed relieved that I had offered this and said, That's my good girl. Come on. I can smell bacon. Let's see if we can sneak a piece while Mommy isn't looking. I got up and followed my dad to the doorway leading into the kitchen. I watched him stride confidently towards the coffee pot and then glanced to the window, which now had the haze of the very early morning sunrise. The darkness was going away for the day. I took a deep breath, thankful that nothing was there to shock and terrify me. It was daylight and I was going to school. The air was still very chilly, even with the warmth of the snow, the stove emanating throughout the room. Would it ever be warm in this house, I thought, as I walked to the dining room to wait for breakfast with my brother and sister. Everyone was acting as if they hadn't just been woken up by screams this early in the morning. Was this our new normal? My sister sat beside me and mom served us a few moments later. While we were eating, my dad announced he would be getting some mouse traps just in case we were hearing something in our sleep on this side of the house. The thought of it being mice and the walls made me feel a little better. It was an old house, and I bet critters loved sneaking in when they could when it was cold outside. That was a pretty good explanation. It was probably a dream, and I was hearing them scratch, and it made my dreams seem scary. I wanted to believe this with all my heart, that our house had mice and not scary, eyeless things floating inside and out. But deep down, I knew it wasn't because my pencils that I had been sorting when the sound happened earlier were still scattered on the floor. Well, 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 creeps, we've made it through another episode of my podcast, This House is Haunted. If you're still hanging around through these stories, I hope you'll take the time to look us up on Facebook and Instagram under the This House is Haunted podcast, all one word. We have trying to build a community there where we can kind of share stories and go over shared experiences, and I'd love to get some feedback from y'all. So feel free to give us a rating on any of the platforms that you're listening on. It always does us a solid, especially as a brand new baby podcast. I'm hoping in the future we're going to get some listener submissions and we can also start sharing some of those stories. But over the coming weeks, I'll continue to share my own about the two years that I spent in a haunted house in eastern Kentucky. Until next week when I share my next episode every Friday. Stay creepy and don't go chasing any voices you hear in the night.